Welcome to the State of Business with the Ohio Society of CPAs. I'm Jessica Salerno Shoemaker, Senior Content Manager at OSCPA. If you've listened to our show before, welcome back. And if not, thank you for tuning in. We're doing things a little differently now, and instead of releasing weekly episodes covering a wide variety of topics, we're now focusing on one topic over the course of two to three months. This gives us the opportunity to dig deeper into these more complex and urgent issues and learn how they're affecting the accounting profession. This spring, we're covering workforce development. Are you familiar with the term? A quick Google search will tell you it's training to meet the current and future needs of the workforce. But that brief description only touches the surface of the deep impact workforce development has. In future episodes, we're going to talk about how workforce development shapes and influences all aspects of the profession, touching on HR, the pipeline, DEI, education, and more. In this episode, we're joined by Scott Wiley, CEO and President of OSCPA, Tiffany Crosby, CPA, Chief Learning Officer at OSCPA, and Craig Marshall, also a CPA, an assurance partner at EY in the 2022-2023 OSCPA Board of Directors Chair. We're talking about what workforce development is, how we got to where we are today in terms of workforce development issues, why it's essential to the success of the accounting profession, and much more. We're starting the conversation with Scott speaking on workforce development in terms of talent and business opportunities. Okay, you know, as we think about workforce development, you know, particularly through the lens of the profession, we're really thinking about how do we help prepare professionals or workers with the skills necessary for the types of jobs that they're encountering today, but more importantly, for the type of work that we know is going to be a huge part of the future. So it's really about prioritizing the value of ongoing learning and competency development, as well as making sure that meets the needs, the demands, if you will, of employers. You know, so the goal in workforce development as we think about it is, how are we placing workers or professionals in roles where their career development opportunities are really able to be nurtured, you know, to help a company meet its challenges, its opportunities to ensure that they have an adequate supply of qualified talent to meet their challenges and their opportunities in the future. So it's really, how are we developing talent are we meeting businesses opportunities and taking those two together to really propel us and accelerate the path forward? And we think it's an incredible opportunity for the profession to not only be a part of, but really to help shape and drive for business. And Tiffany, how would you say we got to this place in the profession where workforce development has become an issue, something that we really need to be intentional about addressing? So when we look at the profession from a talent just pipeline standpoint, we've always worked on the pipeline and and attracting talent to the pipeline. But there came a point in time where we realized that we also needed to be equally focused on retention of that talent within the workforce and also on this idea that the environment, the business environment is continually changing and it's requiring new skill sets. And so there was this emphasis on upskilling and reskilling. And so there was this need to try and bring that all together and make it a holistic focus and not disjointed, but really how do we bring together talent acquisition, talent, uh, uh, talent retention, 
and talent development. And that really came together under this holistic concept of workforce development. How are we trying to make sure that we are looking at it at every point of career progression and all of the ways that the business environment is changing, not just automation, but just new business models and all of those other things that are really demanding skill set changes within mid-career professionals as well as early career professionals. Craig, knowing where we are right now with workforce development, you bring such a great perspective with your experience in public accounting. How have you seen kind of this workforce development issue evolve over the years to, to where we are now? That's a great question. And I think, uh, you know, my experience is it's an area that we can not only have we uh, started to address, but we need to continually focus on. Um, when I when I think about it, um, you know, television and movies, in my opinion, have inaccurately portrayed individuals, um, you know, with green visors and, and pocket protectors. And we're doing ourselves a disservice. You know, the impressionable minds of today really need to hear and see about, you know, the, the profession that is there at the start, the profession that's at the table from when a product is thought about to its, you know, until it's finished. It needs to hear about the fact that more than 25% of CEOs across America have an accounting undergraduate degree. It needs to hear such people and entrepreneurs as Phil Knight, you know, the founder of Nike, you know, John Grisham, the author of Time to Kill, um, you know, Janet Jackson, you know, the, the famous singer, Mick Jagger, and the list goes on of people that, you know, have launched their careers with an accounting background. And it, it's a wonderful profession. Uh, you have an opportunity to, to take your profession in so many directions. It's a valuable asset down the road, no matter where you go. If you walk through the halls of a, of a client or a company, not only are you going to see accountants, you know, working on the financial statements, but you're going to see them in operations. You're going to see them in mergers and acquisitions. You're going to see them in treasury. You're going to see them in HR. It's just a valuable opportunity. And the one thing we also don't talk about is it's the one profession that, regardless of the economy, has continued to hire and give people opportunities to build on that foundation at the college and grow. We saw that during the downturn of 2001. We saw it during the financial crisis of 08. So, you know, the perception of accounting needs to improve. And, you know, I think it'll help our pipeline. And I think as the impressionable minds out there learn about it um, and see what we're doing with not just um, the, the marketing of it, but what we're doing around workforce development and helping individuals build on that foundation they're going to be really excited about their choice of careers in the future. And Craig, you mentioned something that I wanted to ask the group, which is about the pipeline crisis. You mentioned the impressionable young minds that we have to keep in mind as, you know, we're trying to grow the pipeline. How has workforce development, how are those two interacting? Um, what's the connection there? From where I sit, when I think of workforce development, uh, I, I agree with with Scott on how he's defined it. And I would probably just add one more thing in today's definition from where I sit as a, a partner in a big four firm. And that is, you know, you're personally um, focusing on not just the capabilities of your team for the current and future strategy, but also the culture and the attitude. And 
you know, with the pipeline crisis, I think if one steps back and says, all right, what do we need to do with workforce development and how do we improve it? One word comes to mind, and that is reinvent. Um, you know, success, in my opinion, covers a multitude of sins. But, you know, the, 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 the company that continually reinvents itself, not just with its products, but with its energy around its people, you know, it's probably number one asset that it has. And, you know, we as a profession have an opportunity to reinvent ourselves. And it's just a powerful word. Um, you can you can be more resilient in an ever-changing world. You can you can encourage constant learning by reinventing. You can maximize your value. You can create excitement and a purpose. And um, you know, I would just challenge my peers out there that as you think about the pipeline crisis and your own development, think about the not just the skill sets of your people but your culture and attitude that they work and live in, you know, for a good chunk of their work day and how you can make it more exciting and more valuable. And uh, I think uh, at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll come up with a better recipe uh, for the future. Hey, Jessica, I want to build on something Craig just really kind of uncovered knowing who our audience is here. You know, this profession is the profession of change. And I'm sure there are a number of people listening like, did he really just say that? This is the profession of change. This is the profession that business turns to, the people they turn to, to navigate change, to help them navigate change. So when we talk about reinvention, it's at the core of who CPAs are, what they do, how they help their clients, the trust they bring, the integrity, the quality, the care. But don't take my word for it. Think of these things. You know, a lot of people are talking about the change we're noticing in the profession. Some are feeling it's too much, too fast, and too soon. And the reality is, you may feel that way, but feeling that way is not going to change that and slow that down. Consider this, and it's not just the largest firms anymore, but Ohio-based firms are significantly investing in offshoring now. Ohio-based firms are opening physical offices in India, in the Philippines, to help alleviate their human capital needs. That's a permanent change, a permanent reinvention. Yeah, you know, we talk about the pipeline, but we also have to remember we don't operate in a vacuum. I was talking to the head of workforce development for Kaplan the other day. And they shared this, 75 million baby boomers are set to retire between now and 2030, 75 million. The population of traditional college-age students is expected to drop by 15% between 2025 and 2030. That's not pandemic-related. That's the size of the population-related. On top of that, we've got a challenge in America, in the workforce, as it relates to men of prime working age who are either not working or are not seeking work. And that's compounded by the continued focus on failure, our failure as a society to lift up young people and workers from underserved communities. So we've got a massive demographic issue on both ends of the age spectrum. 
You know, so we don't just have a wave of retirements, but also we have a receding replacement pipeline of 18-year-olds. That's a fact. That's a fact for the workforce. It's not just accounting related, but we are certainly feeling it. So in addition to those things, you know, as it relates to workforce, we've got a titanic moment. You know, this iceberg is right in front of us, and there's just not enough time to turn the massive U.S. education higher education employer training ship around. We've all got to work on this and we've got to work fast. In addition to the stats that Scott just mentioned, according to a recent Business First article, Ohio's workforce participation is at 61%, two points lower than the national average at 63%. The pandemic caused a significant drop, but some places such as Minnesota have recovered while others, like Ohio, Michigan, and Pennsylvania continue to lag. In addition, education and training is needed now in different ways than it was before. We need to focus on quality of work. How can we ensure people remain relevant with their skills and capabilities, but also can improve the quality of their jobs, their workplaces, whether they're physical or virtual, and the talent of the management? You know, this isn't just about paychecks, it's about paychecks in purpose. So we've got a long, long way to go, but we cannot avoid it. The change is here and we are reinventing. And to add on with uh, the statistics that Scott shared and just this whole idea of even what Craig shared about the, the brand and how accountants have been thought of, when you bring that together, what we have to reckon with as a profession is that students have choice, right? And they are making decisions as to which profession do they think is going to best align with their interests, passion, and, and feeling and sense of purpose, right? Where they can make the greatest impact. So they are making those choices and part of the tie between workforce development and pipeline is making sure that they are making those choices from a very informed basis, accurately informed, that they truly have a picture, a, a well-informed picture of what opportunities they have in the accounting profession all of the different pathways that there are available to them because of their background in accounting. And so that, that they are really able to sit back and say that they can see themselves having meaning and, and delivering impact within this profession. And so from a workforce development standpoint, we need to connect that in and make sure that employers are sending that message, that they're showcasing the value that's there, the purpose that, that these students can have by pursuing a career with that organization and, and, and that they are engaging in that storytelling and, 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 and that they're out there and that they are faces that people can connect with, right? And that it's not just something on paper, but that it becomes real to them so that it's real people sharing their stories, their backgrounds, their experiences. 
In addition to the pipeline crisis earlier, Tiffany, you mentioned mid-level, senior-level career professionals, and accounting has always been a profession where it's you're constantly learning. You have to to keep up. But I'm curious, would you say, and I know we've been working towards this workforce development for a while, but in the past five to 10 years, has the landscape of this rapidly changing business environment, has that changed how these professionals are learning and how um, the level at which they're forced to keep up? Absolutely. When you think of just take one piece of it, take technology, right? Take all of the automation that has happened, digitalization that has happened. And so if you even think about how we work today, or even this program and how much is virtual and this remote working environment and all of those other aspects of just being able to do your job, that's changed. Um, we have from a accounting and finance perspective, how the work gets done. There's been so so much automation and, and you're hearing about AI and that's a component. So all of those skill sets have to be learned. And then if you think about the pandemic and what's happened there and how business models were fundamentally changed overnight, right? And companies are operating from a different business model standpoint now. And so you've had them learn how to operate in that business model. And then you look at all of the other aspects of what's what's going on, be it cryptocurrency or ESG or on and on and on, right? You can just keep adding on to that list. That has all changed the type of knowledge we need to have. It, it's also changed really how we have to learn because we have to be able to be adaptable. We have to be able to engage in a process of continual learning. Even I, uh, when I think about how much reading I do, how many videos I end up looking at, different courses I take, all of those type of things, it's, it's all a component of being able to operate in this business environment. And while, while some would say, it'll be nice to just get to the stable business environment, I don't think that's our future. Look at all the geopolitical things that are going on. Uh, and you can just go on and on and inflation and just e economic concerns that we got to navigate through. Those are real life and they're going to continue, which means that we're going to have to continue to learn. Craig, going off of what Tiffany just mentioned, as far as the continual learning from the public accounting perspective, is that something you've seen in the past five to 10 years, really a change, an increased pressure on these professionals to keep up with their learning? Yeah, I think I think Tiffany hit on two key points. Um, one is, you know, the the biggest change or the biggest impact being technology. And the second being the, the definition of, of short term. Um, and and I'll, I'll use a financial statement uh, definition to maybe drive my point home on the last one. And that's the definition of short term. I think the evolution of short term was in the past, we thought of it as a, as a current asset, something due or payable in the next 12 months. Um, but I, I think, you know, over time, you know, really the last couple of years, We've changed our approach to it's almost a cash equivalent. It's almost an immediate use of, of an item. In, in today's world, you're providing feedback to an individual. You're, you know, help a person struggling in a concept for an audit or a, or a tax return. 
and you're not jotting that down on a note, making sure that it's incorporated into their group learning, you know, eight months from now, rather you're giving them a webinar or a online learning and having them do that this weekend or, you know, next Tuesday, you know, it's, it's a, a continuous uh, uh, focus to address their shortfall, to have them respond more immediately. And I think it, it can be rewarding from that perspective. But I, I think uh, that's what you've seen, at least on the short term. And then with the technology side, I think Tiffany hit on some, some key points. You know, whether you're with a company or a firm, accounting or tax, um, technology has taken over. It's probably the biggest change. And just think about the things that we do now. 10 years ago, we were stopping in the office to see the client. Now we're emailing them. We were auditing, just think about audits of cash. 10 years ago, we were sending confirms out and reconciling. Now audits, we're auditing 100% of the cash transactions for a year. You know, where data is stored. We used to have a vault in the office. Now it's in the cloud. You know, where we perform, we're doing things virtually versus always having to be in the office and the list just goes on. So I think technology has increased what we learn, uh, where we learn it, how fast we learn it. And there's just so many personal tools at our, at our fingertips. And don't just think of technology as the, you know, the how we do it, but it also is helping us to become better writers, um, help with our business relationships, you know, help with the risks, help with reminding us about the ethical standards and things like that. So it also has a positive impact on the uh, on some of the softer skills or the other skills, not just the technical skills where we have to research. So I think those two things are the key factors. I, I see it every day in our firm and and in the audit practice. Maybe to touch on our business a little bit at the Ohio Society of CPAs, under the leadership of Tiffany and a team of our colleagues who are working with and alongside her, as you know, we are really trying to leverage the unique position that Ohio has in this effort. You know, we do have some built-in um, advantages, not only with our access to talent, but we have a state that is very much invested in these efforts about upskilling and reskilling people. You know, whether that's in our profession or in the trades or other professions. So there are some assets that we have that as the trusted business advisor, we can help our clients better understand are at their disposal, but we too can take advantage of to upskill and re-skill ourselves. You know, I know I often will hear from members that sometimes the conversations I lead seem to focus on the next generation and the pipeline in the future. And there clearly is a component of that. But with this workforce challenge we've got, it's all hands on deck. There's not enough of next to lose what's now. So if you're part of now, we need you, we want you, but we also have a role to play to help get you ready for what's next. I'm going to pose this question to the three of you, given the uh, pressures unique to the accounting profession and, you know, some of the pressures that are external that we definitely cannot control that Scott mentioned earlier, how important is that the profession come together and really work toward solving this workforce development challenge? How essential is it? I guess I'll lead off. I think it is the most critical step that we can take to secure 
the profession, we talk a lot about sustainability. If we want to sustain this profession for the long run, it has to be a joint effort. There has been a lot of one um, you know, single effort things done. Companies are always going to have their recruiting strategies. They're always going to have their talent development processes, all those things. We're not taken away from any of, of that. That is part of their unique corporate strategy. But when we're talking about trying to attract talent to the profession and we're talking about trying to make sure that we have a well-equipped, well-resourced, well-skilled profession to carry into the future, that is not something any one organization can accomplish. That is not something that academia can do alone. It's not something that any uh, association can do on our own. It's only going to happen when we come together collectively and really look at this issue from multiple facets and multiple angles, understand where all the different barriers and obstacles are, and then start to say, and how are we going to work together to remove those barriers, obstacles, to, uh, obstacles to create greater opportunity? It has to be a joint effort. I'll chime in and just build on a few key things that Tiffany said. I, I agree. I think this is mission critical. I challenge my peers and the leaders of the firms to leave their egos at, and really all stakeholders to leave their egos at the door. Um, I think it's important that we, you know, they always say the definition of it, what the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over. And, you know, this is not about wishing a prayer that, oh, this is just a, a cycle and we'll go back to where we were. That's not the case. If you look at the numbers, you look at the data that were was mentioned on this, uh, this call earlier, th there is a reality that's among us. And we have to reinvent ourselves. We have to think uh, holistically. We have, there is not a silver bullet, but we can't rely on what we've done last year to fix the problems of tomorrow. Um, and we've got to really bring the stakeholders and challenge ourselves to make the better profession better, to excite people about the profession, and to prepare the profession to take on the challenges of businesses tomorrow. And uh, I just challenge my peers, to, this is an urgent action, call to action, to, to come to the table, open-minded, ideas um, ready and available to to be put on the table and let's get the, the best possible answer and uh, let's move this profession forward. I just think you know, the nature of this conversation and all that surrounds it is one that it's heavy and it's complex and often in light of the human capital issues that the profession has, many view it as a pipeline only conversation. And that's not true. Pipeline is a part of this, but the broader focus is really about ensuring that the profession has the talent it needs to meet the challenges and the opportunities of the future, to ensure that we are continuing to present this profession as America's and certainly Ohio's most trusted advisors. For that to occur, we know that learning, competency, upskilling, reskilling, and exposing ourselves to the broader changing landscape is critical. 
We've got a role to play to get ourselves there. And then when we do, we can create the roadmap by which we make sure business can come with us. So it's heavy, but this is about opportunity. And this is an opportunity that this profession uniquely is poised to seize. Thank you to Scott, Tiffany, and Craig for joining me to discuss how we arrived at this point in workforce development and what it means for the profession. Over the course of this series, we'll continue to learn more about how we can address workforce development from a variety of angles to ensure the continued sustainability and success of the accounting profession. We're releasing new episodes every Wednesday, so please subscribe and download wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any questions or comments about the series, you can contact me at jsalerno, J-S-A-L-E-R-N-O, at ohiocpa.com. Thanks for listening.